0: you've always run away from a fight have not you have so have not you have so have not you have so and you know it what's up who would winners and welcome to episode number 52 of the who would win cast the podcast that analyzes fictional fights between familiar faces my name is steve hello my precious listeners this is chris (laughs) hey chris hey steve how are you pretty good we can't be remiss we have someone else joining us today we have a special guest we do we have a fan of the show who's a local of our area and his name is Austin welcome to the show Austin hello Steve thanks for not being remiss <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> it's nice to be inside your podcast I'm glad I'm glad you're here inside In, of us right inside now inside the podcast inside the podcast I guess so Austin uh, you're, you're a fan of the podcast Yes. Uh, th- thank you. We really sold it there. <laughs> Mo- mostly, though, he's here because he's an up-and-coming film director. He is. So we're basically going to use him to ride his coattails to our movie production. <laughs> Absolutely. Austin, you want to give a little bit about yourself to the, uh, the listeners? Uh, hello, uh, Woody's from the Who crew. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, uh, a competing f- fan I name. Think that's the third one we have now. Uh, I'm Austin. I am a film student at Kenyon College. Where's that? uh ohio okay and uh that's it do you like long walks on the beach pina Claude is no, getting I, caught in the rain no you are I single hate though the rain you are single though I, it's, this I is what this it. podcast is all about <laughs> <laughs> it worked out for you <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so you're a film student you're gonna be a senior right yeah and once you start directing blockbusters you'll uh invite us. Six. come to us oh, hopefully oh, oh yeah we watched we all watched sharknado 5 the other day had a great time. I really enjoyed it. I know I, Chris, you, you weren't I, a. Human. It was my least favorite. Really? Yeah. Austin, awesome. that was the first Sharknado you saw. So yeah. was it your favorite Sharknado? Well, by <laughs> by being the only one, I think so. Yeah, I did cry a lot. Not tears of because of Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> he learned a lot of like about film production and directing. Like he took some. He took. Did some they break notes. a lot of rules? They broke learned? every rule. Did they? <laughs> Did you notice me just crying some of the times when they had like angles that made no sense? I did hear you go, ooh, every now and then. yeah. And I wasn't sure if someone was pinching you or if it was because you were upset. A like, little bit of both. That's, I okay. was pinching myself <laughs> to make sure I wasn't dreaming. <laughs> I thought you were happy. I thought those were tears of happiness. It was a terrible nightmare, and I'm glad I'm here now. Well, hopefully you'll be back next summer for Sharknado 6 mm. when they go back Which to the I future. Which I will direct. <laughs> Is it true? When you, yeah, because you're going to direct Sharknado 6. Yeah. So, uh, Austin, thanks for being on the show. We're really excited to have you. Um, before we get started, I want to look at uh, our previous episode, uh, fan suggestion by Emma Campbell, who was a student at George Washington University. and she Museum sugge- Studies. Museum Studies, thank you. When Which you I just- learned about is not just studying museums. No, apparently you go inside the museums. It's more like museum-related studies. Yeah, maybe that's a better it's title. It's all, so all-encompassing museum things. Right. Do you think they studied, like, the food courts? Gift I, shops. I think they'd have bathroom to. layouts. They have to cover everything. This is true. Groundbreaking. You know, okay, I said buildings. that, but I'm actually not sure. Honestly, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so she suggested uh, a fight of Nicolas Cage's uh, Ben Gates versus Ben, ben Stiller's, Stiller's Larry Daly. Good job on the name. Thank you. I finally got it down. Um, and it's like a Smithsonian battle. We kind of we kind of pitched a little bit there. Yep. And uh, currently the. Twitter poll stands with Ben Gates going on the offensive at 40%, uh, with Larry Daly going on the defense at 60%. Breaking my streak here. It was 50 50, and we recently just got a vote in. So maybe um, it was Austin. Might have been. No, it was not. <laughs> Do you have a Twitter? I, I don't, but I would have voted for uh, Nicolas Cage. We All right, voted I'll, for Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Okay, so that would, that would uh, make it even, then. I'll count that in the total. So uh, what did you think about that episode, Austin? What, did you think we left anything out? Do you think someone had a better argument than someone else? I what think, were your thoughts? Uh, Larry Daly should lose just because of his name. It's terrible. <laughs> it's such a bad name. Who named him that other than his parents? What, what writer decided that was a good yeah, name? Daly Devices? The DD, the double D. <laughs> 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 someone <laughs> thought it was a good idea. I think Ben Stiller requested that name. He's like, "I will only play the role if I can pick my name," <laughs> and that's what he be, picked. Yeah, of everything he could pick, he loves that, he loves that name. It's Something good. about it. I'm I'm glad he enjoys that name. So yeah, if you haven't listened to that that episode yet, that episode is still currently out. Will be out, and the poll will still be up before the poll from this episode comes. One out. one interesting well, excuse me one interesting question that was brought up was: Can the museum exhibits die? Yeah. And I remember Owen Wilson's character, like, feared for his life. He was when caught was in, the, in. The, the hourglass. He was basically threatened with death. Achman Ra trapped him in the sand hourglass and said, hey, if you don't turn over the combination and the tablet, I'll kill this guy. And also, uh, if the tablet leaves the premises, they're not able to come alive.
1: The, right. But, the museum pieces. But they're not
0: really dead in w- that sense. Well, I, I believe in the third one, the the stone, the tablet of Achman Ra was losing its power. And that was kind of the plot of the third one. I just don't, uh, I don't know anything else besides that. And I know they were probably worried of them. Well, just to resolve this issue, Austin, can they die? Can the museum exhibits die? I do not know. It's a very <laughs> okay, interesting... Okay, there we go. There's the answer. I mean, they talk about consciousness. Who are we really? We also what are memories? brought up something else. Like, what type of... What qualifies you to be able to come to life? Because I was thinking after the episode, remember that rock statue that says, like, the gum-dum-dum-giving gum-gum? Yeah. Why was he able to come to life? He was just a rock. You know, why Why couldn't the airplane, the Wright Brothers airplane, come to life and be a sentient airplane? Why, why couldn't other things come to life? Do you need to have a face? Maybe. Can you draw a face on a set of stairs it, and then exactly. make them come to life? In the museum. Exactly. That's, that's called an escalator, okay? <laughs> that's that's really what it is in the museum. Wait, are you saying that escalators have a face? No, If you if you drew a face on the stairs and they came alive, they would just become escalators at that point. Interesting would, interesting they, they just uh, analysis of that stuff. I don't know if I agree. With I'm that. not sure about that either. <laughs> <laughs> if they came alive, I guess that's what they would be. Uh, So that was our previous episode, so go listen. uh, Remember that this month, the month of August, is Listener Appreciation Month. We've done two episodes so far, uh, going off of viewers' choices. A lot of appreciation around here. That's right. So we continue to appreciate everybody giving us uh, episode suggestions. After this episode, we have one more episode for Listener Appreciation. Uh, We have gotten some that have been interesting, but we really want you guys to – dig deep look Mm -hmm. for some really really cool scenarios try your best because september is listener hate month (laughs) where we'll just like make fun of our listeners endlessly there we go we could pit our listeners against each other yeah as like fictional people and we'll just have them fight we don't know much about them uh i'm sure if we ask we only know the backgrounds that i made up this is true we could use that (laughs) i feel like that wouldn't be a great show i don't know we'll see we'll cross that bridge when we get there all right, uh, you ready to get started, everybody? I'm ready. Uh, let All me right. just practice my vocal warm ups. Go ahead. The Human Torch was <laughs> denied a bank loan. <clears throat> the Human Torch was denied a bank loan. And and people will know why he's saying that in a moment. So remember, if you have any ideas for any future matchups or scenarios, or if you just like to say hello, you can reach us through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail. You can also subscribe and leave us a ratings on iTunes or through our RSS feed on Podbean. Chris. What are we talking about today? Oh, I didn't think you were going to ask me. I thought you were going to ask our guest. I wasn't ready for it. Uh, We're talking about delivering the Ring of Power from the Lord of the Rings to Mount Doom for its destruction. That's right. This comes from listener Eric211. Did I do a background for him? You did. Is he James Bond? He's Uh, James Bond. Yes, he's James Bond. Yeah, I remember that. Yes. So Eric reached out to us and he suggested that scenario, having... People bring the ring of power, the one ring to rule them all, to Mordor for its Mm -hmm. destruction. And he pitched two teams. Do you remember what those two original teams were, Chris? No idea. No? No, no, wait. (laughs) If you give me like a second. Uh, Scooby-Doo gang. Yes. And... Three hour tour. Gilligan's Island. That's right. So two inept teams. Yes. That That was the key. That was the key. Two inept teams. And I've never seen a lot of Gilligan's Island. I've seen like bits and pieces. I get the gist of it. Yeah. But I honestly, I like if you told me, oh, remember that episode where the professor makes the coconut uh, into an airplane bomb? We, sure. And I was like, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll just be like, yeah. oh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I, remember I, re- I remember that one. Yeah. Gilligan accidentally blew it up, right? Yes. And I'd probably be right. That was it. So, you know, yeah. you, I mean, you got the gist of it. Yep. And Scooby Doo, I know, like, somewhat. I, wasn't I know a, hu- a lot about Scooby I wasn't a huge uh, Scooby Doo fan when I was a kid. Why not? Know. What was the issue with it? I never liked Cartoon Network when I was a kid, so I didn't watch any of that those shows. You, I think you were just afraid. I was. I was terrified. Them pulling the mask off at the end. Oh, I, I always <laughs> knew it was him, but I was always afraid. Were you a fan of Scooby Doo? Awesome. Um, not really. No. I mean, Scooby was a cool guy, but not in my taste. The live action Scooby Doo. Oh, they—they uh, <laughs> they were. I, I have mixed feelings about those. They were not great. Rowan Atkinson's yeah. in it. He is. Yeah. 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 It's well, a great performance. I love Rowan Atkinson marry him <laughs> <laughs> okay well fine so yeah so um eric thank you for your suggestion so we're going to take that scenario but we're going to change it up a little bit okay what are the teams we got going on um well why don't we let the team the person who has chosen that team introduce them okay that's fine guests first i suppose <clears throat> yeah so Okay. what do you got there Austin? i'll be doing the uh anchorman team that's the uh, action news team starring ron burgundy the and we have Brian Fantana, played by Paul Rudd, Champion Kind, whose name I don't remember the actor of, and uh, the, the fan favorite, Brick. <laughs> Brick Tamlin. Played by and Steve Carell. That's it. Yeah, he's the weatherman. So we got the whole you the got everything. force going. It's really rounded out. Okay. Know. And I will be taking the crew of The Hangover Trilogy, being Doug who was the man who was getting married in the first one. Uh, Alan, who was played by Zach Galifianakis as his uh, brother, uh, Doug's brother-in-law. Uh, Dr. Stuart Price, he's a doctor. We're bringing that out. as A dentist doctor, uh, played by Ed Helms, who was a friend of Doug. And also Phil, who's another friend of Doug's, played by Bradley Cooper, who was a teacher. Uh, you want to get a little bit of background about your guys? Uh, what you got going on here? Sure. So, in the movie, Ron Burgundy, who is played by Will Ferrell, is the uh, lead newscaster at the team. And as the film progresses, Christina Applegate's character, Veronica Corningstone, comes in. She starts upsetting things, and these uh, the men on the news team react quite poorly. Yes. Uh, and they try and disrupt the flow and overturn her, but uh, by then, everyone learns... A life lesson. They all come together. What's that life lesson? Teamwork, Steve. <laughs> Teamwork. Okay. Very important. But Veronica Corningstone will not be in my team. It will be the original four men of the uh, the news team. Okay. Great. Uh, a little background about mine. Um, they were in the film The Hangover from 2009. Uh, pretty much the gist of the story is the four of them go out for a bachelor party. Doug is getting married. And during the, the evening, Alan drugs everybody because he wants to have a really good time. He didn't do it purposefully, though, right? I, he, he, like, he bought roofies, but he thought they were something else, I believe. He thought it was ecstasy. That sounds right. That's what it was. He thought it was ecstasy. And the next morning, Doug's missing, and everybody's freaking out trying to find him. And that's pretty much the gist of the movie. It takes like two days to find him. So is Doug part of your team? Yes, yeah, okay. I'm counting him as part of my team. Um, fun fact for uh, who would win, listeners: Doug was played by Justin Bartha, who you may recognize as Riley Poole from National Treasure. I was I was hoping you would make that connection, connecting it to back. Yes, last a, week. as the moderator for this event, that will be my task. I will <laughs> just connect with every episode I will we've ever interject done. facts for you, and I will moderate the discussion. Perfect. Uh, and The Hangover Two is the exact same plot as The Hangover One, basically except it's with uh, Ed Helms' uh, soon-to-be brother-in-law. He goes missing, and they all have to find him. And Doug is the only one who didn't, like, get drugged, and he's, like, back at the hotel, like, Hey, where is everybody? And it takes place in Thailand, just because. I never saw that one. Uh, yeah, it's it's the exact same movie as the, the first one. What's Mike Tyson in it? And, uh, pff, no, but I think he's in the third one. No, they, no, they made um, a third Ed, one? Ed Helms gets a Mike Tyson tattoo on his face in the second oh. one. Oh. Yes. So then they made a third one, which I actually have seen. And I respect it because it was trying to do something different. It wasn't the exact After same movie. After you make the same exact plot twice, right. you're like, well, we can't do it a third so time. So in the third one. Um, Leslie Chow, who was played by Ken Jeong, who was in um, the first and second Hangover. He's in Community. He's that doctor. And he's also a doctor in real life. I I, I knew that, yeah. Yeah. Um, He owes uh, John Goodman, he's in the movie, money. And Alan is best friends with Chow, so they kidnap Doug as ransom in order for the Hangover gang to go find um, Chow. So they're... Doug is still, like, kind of missing, but he's captive because they need to go find Chow, and he's collateral. Um, Do you think the Hangover series is, like, the easiest movie Justin Bartha ever had? He's just, like, you have to be in the first and last scene, and, like, you're basically not in it at all. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, I'm sure he's credited high up there on the list. Yeah, so on IMDb, he has, like, fourth billing. I don't know where he is in the credits of the movie. exactly. I mean, yeah, the first one, he's in the beginning and the end. Second one, he's in the beginning and the end. And the third one, the beginning and the end. So, I mean, he's really lucking out. Easy gig. Easy exactly. money. Easy that's money. why he needs National Treasure 3. Yeah, really. Hope Make that works Justin out Bartha for Make Bartha work again, people. We need him back. He seems, he's a good guy. I like him. I like him. I don't know anything about him. Me neither. <laughs> okay. So that's what we're looking at here for the Hangover Squad. Okay? Chris, do you want to explain how this uh, matchup's going to go? I would love to. Go ahead. Just to warn you, I will be making this up off the top of my head because I didn't really think about it before now. That's fine. So basically, you your chosen team of four, 4v4, will... Um, emulate or you know reproduce the journey of Frodo and Sam from The Lord of the Rings, taking the Ring of Power from the Shire to Mount Doom to destroy it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to restrict you on taking the same path as Frodo and Sam. just in, I don't know how much background research you guys did. If you've planned out your path across Middle Earth, mm-hmm. uh, if you haven't, I'll, I'll maybe prompt you for some like, what would you do when you get to the Forest of Um Fangorn? Sure, sure. Or this other forest with uh, the elves, or or the Mount misty mountain, something like that. Okay. And then uh, throughout the journey, I will prevent present you with challenges that come up, maybe things that came up in Lord of the Rings, or maybe things that specifically Frodo and Sam had to do with, or maybe things I totally made up that are unrelated to Lord of the Rings. That's and fine. We'll see. I have I have I have separated them, separated them into physical and non physical tasks. Like phys- I mean, I should say uh, fighting and non fighting tasks. Okay. So I'm gonna say for the first one, I'm, I'll let you choose your obstacle. Okay. And then for the second one, I'll make you pick randomly. Okay. And uh, that's pretty much it. Whoever can destroy the ring better, you know, who has a better is, plan is the winner. Which, which inept team would would succeed? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And are we? So I'm assuming we're starting in the Shire. I I was I would I think advocate so. Starting in the Shire. Yes. You agree with that uh, terms there, Austin? Yes, I do, Steve. Okay. Good. <laughs> All right, uh, Austin, you are the guest, so I will let you start first. Should we just have Austin do his whole path? I think that's a good idea. I can uh, just give a general that strategy. That is a great question. So um, I would propose he can go, you want to do general strategy? That's fine. Yeah. Okay. All, All right, so once again, I have uh, Ron Burgundy. I have Brick, who is the sport. Uh, sorry, the weatherman. I have Paul Rudd's character, who I'll probably just call Paul Rudd, uh, who is the lead field man and i have uh champion kind which is a great name champ kind yeah that was who, his nickname champ <laughs> played by david Kochner, right champ who uh is the sportscaster that is correct <clears throat> so i'm gonna point out from the very start all four of them they're friends they okay. get along with one another they mm-hmm. like being around with one another they go suit shopping with one another all right they go on walks with one another, and they sing afternoon delight with one another. <laughs> they you, like being together. Do you think they are a good friend to Brick? Do you think sometimes they maybe are a little too hard on Brick? That's important because Brick is kind of the center of my whole operation here. And yeah, they really do like Brick, and Brick likes okay, them. Okay, so you're you're maintaining they are good friends to Brick. Yeah. They don't they don't kind they're not kind of mean to him or a little hard on him. No, they're I think they're very accepting. Okay, of it. that's fine. And his eccentricities. Uh, I will point out that I'm only using the first movie, because it's the only movie that exists. (laughs) Um, So that's all I'll say. Uh, So, who's going to carry the ring? It has to be someone who's not tempted by power or lust or any of these things, right? Okay. Now, I will admit, most of the characters in Anchorman are a bit chauvinistic. Except really Brick. Brick's a kind soul. He is a very kind soul. Yeah. Yeah. And so he does I have some anger ten- tendencies. Maybe maybe a little bit, Steve. And if he has that ring of power, that ring of power might bring out that anger. Look what he did to Gollum. Probably, you know what? Gollum was just a bad egg from the start. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think so. Look, look at Bilbo. When Bilbo had the ring. Yeah, he was tempted. But remember that one what? shot? He, gave f- it to, he was able to give it to Frodo. Yeah, Bilbo, well, no, he didn't give it to Frodo. Eventually. He, like, left. He was able to give it up. Okay. Right. To Gandalf. He gave it to Gandalf, Right. Yes, Gandalf's he gave, kinda he like, gave I gotta to, take this. You're he not He gave doing it much. to Gandalf and Gandalf gave it to Frodo. I believe from when Bilbo found it in the Hobbit to when the Lord uh the fellowship of the ring takes place, it's a long time, right? Yeah. It's like it's something like twenty years. Yeah, or... it's a Bil- significant time. Bilbo hang on to that ring for a while. Yeah. Alright, so Brick gets the ring. Okay. Now I'm going Giving it to a man with an IQ of forty eight is a is a really good play. <laughs> right there. I believe so. They use the And he's not able to understand language in spoken or written. Does form. he speak? He does, but he's not able to understand spoken. He is a weatherman, Steve, a respected <laughs> weatherman. Oh, oh, you're right. I apologize. But what's the most important part of carrying the ring to Mordor? Not dropping it. No, that's that's number two. What's number one? Being able to walk. Now. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Wow! Wow! I'm gonna you, let I'm gonna see where he goes with that. yes. <laughs> Do you know how far it is from Hobbiton to Mount Doom, or the Shire to Mount Doom? Are we talking as the crow flies, or along the, the path? I believe along the path. Okay. The path now, that Frodo I looked took. It up. Yeah. Okay. I talked to Frodo. He's okay. still How's alive. He, doing? he said it's one thousand seven hundred and seventy nine miles. Okay. That path. Okay. I looked it up. The average walking speed of a human being, not a hobbit, is three point one miles per hour. Yep. Now, let's say they walk 12 hours a day, which is a very generous uh, estimate. That's 37.2 miles. That's 47.82 days. Now, I know you're saying, but Austin, they don't have hobbit feet. That's true. They have something better. Now, you'll notice in the scene, the fight scene, they, right before that, say they're going to go suit shopping. Mm -hmm. And they leave the new station. And then you see an overpass. And one of the characters says, Brick, you said this was a shortcut. We've been walking for 45 minutes. Right. I looked it up. There's a news station in San Diego. The closest overpass to it <laughs> is uh, about 9.8 miles away. They traveled 9.8 miles in 45 minutes. Now, I'm assuming you, when you look this up, you looked at the 1970s uh, Google Earth, right? <laughs> You'd also have Definitely. to check the distance right. from the suit shop in the area. They never got to the suit shop. Oh, they were going to. They were going to go to yeah. the suit Rick shop. Said they weren't. He pumped. had a shortcut. Okay. Uh, to, so, the so sure. So, if you want to use continuity error as a as a as a reason to say that they can travel forty eight miles in forty five minutes, no, no, nine point eight miles in forty five oh, minutes. Okay, which yeah. is over three times the speed of yeah, a normal that's, human that's, being. That's quick, right? Yeah. But here is the other thing. Brick called it a shortcut. He wasn't even tired, and none of them were. And you know what they did after that 45-minute? Basically run straight there, even though they were walking? I don't know. They're so fast. <laughs> they were walking. They got into a fight. They did. Yeah. They and they fight. didn't even break a sweat. You know what they did do? They broke bones. They killed a man. They, they killed a man. Only one Brick person killed, killed, a man. A man. killed a man. Brick killed a man. Brick killed a man. He did. With a trident. Yes, he did. And you know who the person was that he killed? A man on a moving horse i know that helps him out yeah in middle it art. Does, considerably yeah they all have weapon proficiencies they all do Yeah, I, I, I think it's fair to say that brick has some skills he had a hand grenade yes and then he had a trident, <laughs> had a trident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know where so i think they can defend themselves and also move quickly also in the fight scene you notice brick ends up on the other side of the confrontation without anyone realizing he's stealthy and quiet yeah, but he's also, at that point, he's, he's like, helping the other team out. He's not helping them out. Yes, he's, he, like, he's, laughing. Yeah, he's pretty much, like, taunting his friends. And then they're like, Brick, what are you doing over there? Get over here, pal. I think that was more of a scare tactic. Like, like, no, it was not. Like, I would see, if, if if your group got attacked by, like, orcs, Brick would walk over to the other side with the orcs, and he would be like, yeah! <laughs> no, he's playing mind games, clearly. <laughs> Completely, yeah. That would really throw the orcs off. The orcs would just kill him. That's really my general strategy, He's a walking quick and quietly and uh, being able to defend yourself. One, one thing I do want to bring up is at the very, very beginning of that fight, they show uh, an extra long shot of the fight getting starting, and you can see Brick, and he trips and falls to the ground the moment the fight starts. Chris, you can you can fact check me if you want to, our listeners no, can fact check me. This is true, I will admit. Yes. So the moment another the f- scare tactic. Mo- <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna fall to the ground. That's really gonna scare the orcs and trolls away. Uh who's the only person who killed a man? The Brick. man who fell. Brick. Yes. Yeah. Okay, right. so Brick is gonna be your 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 ring bearer. I think my last uh point, my general point, is that they have survival skills. Okay. How do we know this? Yes, please tell me. Brian Fantana oh sorry no uh champ kind states that after getting drunk he ate a squirrel which he later excreted alive which brick then ate they can eat whatever they need to to survive (laughs) i think there's a lot of squirrels in in middle earth whether or not there are squirrels doesn't matter they just need to be able to forage how are your people going to stay alive just the way they stayed alive in the movie. Running around a city, going at, going for scraps. They're just taking whatever they can get to survive. That's uh, yeah. That's I think. Oh, I'm gonna say for now. Okay, fair enough. All right. So uh, I'm gonna be calling mine the Fellowship of the Wolf Pack, and I'm gonna say that Frodo is gonna be represented by Doug. Okay. So Doug is your ring bearer. He he's the, like the the figurehead okay is he carrying the ring i need to know this well so this is the thing sam is going to be alan zach alfanakis's character because in lord of the rings sam is the true ring bearer mm, he's the one who i are ca- gonna disagree with that he's, he's the one who is able to carry frodo throughout this entire journey to the point so when they're on mount he's doom the ring bearer. exactly he, he, he picks up frodo so here's the thing a lot of people and including me feel the same way sam is really the one who who pushes the party along but we're really discounting the effect the ring of power has on the person wearing it how it wears you down psychologically so like i need to know technically which character has the ring around their neck or in their pocket or in their hand whatever just pick somebody all right then i'm gonna say it's alan okay 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 um, so you both have chosen your dumbest party member <laughs> <to> <laughs> carry like the, ring. the ring. Yes. Okay. Now I have a reason why Zach Galifianakis, Alan's character is playing or is uh, carrying the ring. Okay. I'm sure you do. In the film, Alan carries a baby. He carries Carlos, whose real name is Tyler. And he carries him. He takes care of him. He, he has him on his chest because they, they stumble upon this burden. And oh, you're calling babies finding burdens? a baby in your in your uh, hotel room. That actually does sound like that's a, a huge kind burden. Of a burden. Yeah, you could just leave it there. That's but not convenient. No. That's right? Not convenient it's not convenient at, convenient all. at all. Okay, so a, a baby to a child is kind of, is, is or <laughs> a baby to a parent <laughs> is very very symbolic. It's very very important. You have to take care of it. Right? It's just like the ring of power. It can also seduce you and take control of your life. So you're equating a baby to the ring of power. (laughs) Correct. Exactly. Okay. So you only take care of babies, not your best friend, Doug, who you've lost, just like Alan will lose the ring. Oh, I got drunk on roof and had roofies. Where'd my ring go? There were times where Frodo lost the ring. He would, he, he dropped okay. it. Yes, this is true. Yes. So, I mean, you could say that Frodo was un- irresponsible as a ring bearer. Steve, Steve, are you thinking about throwing your future baby into a volcano? No, no, no. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm taking the skill of carrying a baby and applying that to carrying a ring. So you're saying pregnant women can really relate to Frodo in the Lord of the Rings. Absolutely. All and right. then and then pregnant then, women are carrying. And then their and then precious. and then and then yes. And then the birth is just Mountain Doom. That's when it, <laughs> wait, that's, wait. that's when it all that all goes out. I think sex ed failed you in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Mountain Dew does not come out of women. <laughs> all right. So so that's what I'm saying right there. Uh, he 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 knows what it's like to carry something that's very very important, something that is very precious, pun intended. Um, and and the wolf pack. They are the type of people that when they have a job to do, they will do what they need to do to do it. Oh, they they do. Yes. Okay. Whereas like your people, roofies. where your is your pe- that's not their job. Their job, their <laughs> job, <laughs> their the- job was to find their friend Doug, yes. and they took like a long time. They it took time. a real it took, long time. Yeah, but, to find Doug. but at oh, least at least whole they were, day. At least they were trying to find Doug though. They could if they were awful friends, they could have just sat there and be like, ah, whatever. They Doug, are Doug are awful will come for- back. You think they're best friends? They hang out a lot. You think they are best friends?
1: They he seem sings to hate the song. Quite he sings the song. One yeah, the, person sings the song. the three song?
0: best friends that anyone could have. It seems it's like so he's trying to push that idea. Yeah, like I was going to say, as <laughs> the moderator, I think I have to point out that Alan had questionable social skills, and although Alan thought of them as best friends, they definitely didn't all think that yes i a think one side i think that's friendship. fair so i would say that the first three the three of them doug Stu, and phil are really really close with each other and alan is kind of like that oddball yes, out. That the, kind of, the, the ring bearer yes is, is, but, kind of the but this out. this journey is going to bring them together the experience that they're going to have just like in the hangover the journey that they have the experience that they have brings them super super close at the end of the film that was a nice, which which film that was a nice the hangover segue the The original because the first one at the second one they don't seem to be much closer. No, they are close. I think they hate one another constantly. No, they don't hate one another. Okay, mostly Alan. No, Alan. Alan can all. be a grating personality. He he has some some quirks. I would say. Yeah, he like just like everybody has their own quirks. Mary had his quirks, having to have like six different meals a day, slowing the town okay, down. Okay, that's not a quirk. That's just how it should be. And <laughs> just to be fair, Mary isn't on this quest, so. Right, I'm, no, I'm just saying, by you saying that these people have quirks, the original people who went on this trip also had quirks as well. Right, and they, they kind of had to ditch Marion and Pippin like halfway through. They didn't ditch them, they got kidnapped <laughs> by orcs. I feel like eating a lot is a better <laughs> quirk than drugging your friend. <laughs> <laughs> he thought it was ecstasy, alright? He just wanted to have a good time. So how's he wanted their, to have a good adventure. How's their survival skills? Because if memory serves, Doug was almost dead after one day. No, he wasn't dead, he just had really bad sunburn. Yeah, he was kind of a baby. How was he kind of just a baby? like Carlos? He He's needed a... to man up. <laughs> Do you want a guy like that trying to throw out the ring into Mount Doom? Alan's the one who's throwing the ring. They're both him. doing it. You said one of them, Sam, right? Yeah, well, Alan is together. Our... He needs to support. Him. True. Oh, and he absolutely will. He absolutely will. They found him, and I don't want this to hold them back. All right, they they <laughs> they can they. Can, they can, I, I promise you, I all know right. these guys. When they're traveling, <laughs> they're average. You know. miles per hour, human pace. (laughs) (laughs) So this might be a good time to transition to a a challenge you guys might face along the way. Okay. So I'm going to give you each challenge, and I'm going to say this is in the first half of your journey. Maybe sometime between Bree and the Misty Mountains. Can I bring up one point I I had in my opening that I just to bring? I'll allow it. So I'm going to say that um, the, the guys from the hangover, the wolf pack, really don't have weapons. Okay. They're not coming in with weapons. They just don't find random grenades and, like, laser beams just in random places. Wait, the Anchorman guys? Yes. No, the- no. I'm saying the Wolfpack. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay? okay? So I would argue that they would go to Brie, okay? And while they were at Brie, Alan would use his intense skills of games. Like, you know how he learned how to play blackjack in, like, a day? Not even a day. Like, very quickly. Like, he would learn some kind of Middle Earth game that they play at Brie, and he would be able to hustle people at Brie for tons and tons of gold in exchange for weapons. So that's where I would say my guys would get their weapons. But that's only when he's like super drunk and high. No, he wasn't super drunk or high at all. He was completely fully functioning. When he got the money? Yeah, when he was doing the the counting cards. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he was fine. So I just wanted to argue that's where my guys would get weapons. So I don't want there to be an argument where it's like where would they get weapons from? Sure. They have to be able to cheat people. Yes. Wow. Such when, great guys. When you're, when defending you're trying defending when you're trying to accomplish a mission, Middle you have Earth. to do what you have to do in order to accomplish said mission. You think if you the were mission defending is in, all of Middle Earth, people would like you enough to help you out? Yeah, it seems happen- like something's horribly That didn't wrong. happen to Frodo. You didn't see everybody joining him until, like, the end of the third film, when everyone's like, all right, got to help, help Frodo along out. the way. A lot of the elves were assisting him. I think only one ended up going. Legolas. Well, on the journey, sure. Yeah, they, just ha- they, like they were they- pretty much a ramada they in. They just let bread. him stay for, like, a day. Yeah, and they gave him their bread. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. Guys, take take it easy now. <laughs> all right, we're going to get into some challenges. Like I said, first half of your trip, between the Bree and the Misty Mountains. So, like, you know, you're pretty relatively fresh, but... We'll see how it goes. So, um, Austin, your movie has the lower total budget at $26 million compared to The Hangover's uh, $35 million. So I'm going to allow you to pick first. Would you like a, a fighting challenge or a non-fighting challenge? I would like a non-fighting challenge. Okay, this, <laughs> Good idea. this is the non-fighting pile. You can pick one. Steve, what would you like? I will take a non-fighting challenge <laughs> as well. All right. Let the record show I picked a non-fighting challenge to show off a new side of my characters. <laughs> uh, Austin. Uh, oh, interesting. Could you let us know what you have? <clears throat> Gollum tries to steal the ring. Ooh. All right, so just a quick thing. I know I said non fighting. Uh, I put this in the non fighting category because I feel like you could choose to take it physically or you could try to approach it psychologically. I'm going to leave that up to you. So even though it was in the non fighting category, if you want to make it into a fight, that's fine. We'll let the viewers, uh, the listeners, judge that as they see fit. All right. So, Brian Fantana has a cologne. It's made out of... <laughs> <laughs> it's made out of Panther. Uh, oh, is that Sex Panther? Sex, Sex Panther. Panther. I'm, that's I'm good. glad you've heard of it. <laughs> it's well known. I believe uh, 60% of the time it works <laughs> all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To seduce women. However, 100% of the time... It works all the time to disgust everyone. No. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So all we need him to do is whip out some Sex Panther, spray a little, spritz himself on the neck a little bit. Oh, in comes Gollum. What's that? The ring has such a strong lure on him, but he's repulsed by something. It's the smell of Sex Panther driving him away. He runs away. He can't stand it. Sense of smells driving him nuts. Didn't have to even like blink an eye. They just keep moving right on See, I don't even think that would push Gollum away. We've seen Gollum eat like a raw fish. Raw fish doesn't smell that bad. Really? I mean, it (laughs) depends how long you leave it out, I guess. I I think Gollum would just be like, my precious. I don't care what's in the way. I don't care what smells in the way. I'm going for my precious. That's a possibility. But you know what else we know about Gollum? What's that? He loves jazz flute.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, yes, I forgot.
0: Austin, I would just advise you as the moderator to be careful. Are you throwing out all your big guns on the first challenge? Because there will be a second challenge. I feel like... I don't want you to use up all your secret weapons right now. I feel like Sex Panther is enough, you know, and I'll leave it there. (laughs) That was just a hint (laughs) of what's to come. (laughs) Okay. Steve, prepare yourself for the jazz flute. Oh, oh boy. (laughs) All right, with with that teaser in our minds, Steve, what challenge have you chosen? So I picked uh, one of your party members has cholera. Ah, because I'm on the Oregon Trail the now. The classic Oregon Trail. That is that is correct. Okay. Um, so, Dr. Stuart Price. He's a doctor. Uh, what kind of a doctor? <laughs> he's a dentist. I just wanted to throw that out there. A dentist. This, okay. this is correct. Um, what What my plan would be is... While this happens, where, I mean, where are we? Are we past Bree, Chris, at this you're point? You're in between Bree and the Misty Mountains. So and the you're, Misty Mountains. You're in what I'm calling the first half of your journey. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Roughly. So where's uh, Rivendell in relationship to this? Oh, that's. I think that's... Is that south? No, no. That that. You... Yeah, this is on the correct side. It's on the correct side? Yeah. All right. So what my plan would be is... I'm assuming this is just a question. We Do we have knowledge of the layout of Middle-earth? Or were we just like plopped into I, it? I would say you were able to uh, to get a map, okay. r- a rough map. Okay. R- Rivendell is about halfway between Bree and the Misty Mountains, it looks like. So I would continue a pace on our course towards Rivendell, where the elves are the known healers would help out one of our members. If I had to pick the member, I would pick Stu to get cholera.
1: Because you, you pick the
0: doctor. The, the dentist, <laughs> the dentist, the dentist, the dentist, the doctor of dentistry. Yes, I'm not going to pick uh, Phil because he's kind of like my uh, physical presence character. He's got some uh, some good physical abilities there. Alan, he's my r- uh, ring bearer, so I'm not going to get rid of him. And Doug, he's kind of Alan's partner. So how would how would they either. treat? Because I I don't think they have any survival skills. Who's these guys? Yeah, we talking about they survived in they Las have Vegas walking for like around three three a city skill. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Just one skill. Just one skill. They can walk around a city and also drive. Where are they going to get They water? also have detective skills. They were able to put the pieces together as to what happened that past night. So are you saying that they would detect the way to treat cholera? No, no, no. I'm saying that they would see that there's something wrong with Stu, and they would say, okay, the Rivendell, the elves, is the exact same way we're going. We're going to have to maybe pick it up a little bit, maybe hustle, and get as quickly as we can to Rivendell. I mean, think of, like, in Lord of the Rings. What do they do with Frodo got hurt? They're like, we got to get him to Rivendell. We got to get him to Rivendell as fast as possible. But did not someone try and treat him in the meantime? Yeah, it didn't work. It, it slowed the pace, I'd say. You'd say? I mean, he almost <laughs> died. I mean, his face was, like, ghost white and all puffy and, you know, like, veins popping so out of his face. So he was close to death. So yeah. you think that helping him out along the way had saved his life? No, I think that stuff in that leaf in his stomach like, really damaged him hey steve do you want to take a shot at any of the uh treatments for cholera to see what you do to your uh oh, sick member i honestly have no idea what i actually do know this because really? i listened to a podcast Ooh, about... oh that's right you were telling me about this yeah it's yeah. Uh, great podcast <laughs> this one is too um what was it like? just in case our listeners didn't also listen to that podcast about cholera do you want to give them a quick oh. uh just a real quick, you know, I mean. cholera treatment, just in case yes. they're, they're so traveling. So cholera, and- you get super dehydrated. Mm-hmm. And really one of the main ways you want to treat that is just by giving clean water to keep them hydrated. Mm-hmm. Now, what do I think would happen there? Someone would be filling up the canteen for stew. Let's say Phil's filling up. <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended. Phil is filling up the canteen. Along comes alan he starts peeing up river from it <laughs> <laughing. laughs> that's exactly water. like a hangover joke i feel like it is but to an extent not because if someone in there in the wolf pack was dying like he wouldn't leave him to just go piss upstream like he would stay close to the group like they would try to do what they could to help him out they're not the smartest uh bunch of your people <laughs> reputable news source that's what i'll say okay true news fair enough are you guys ready for your second challenge yeah let's do it so this challenge is going to occur after the misty mountains okay between the misty mountains and mount doom let's say so the second half of your journey okay so uh since austin picked first last time steve i'll give you the choice uh combat or non-combat i'll take combat this time i have to confess i forgot which hand was which so (laughs) do you want to look real quick uh, no I, i think i'm giving you combat okay Austin, what would you like this time? Uh, I, too, will take combat, just to mix things up. All right. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'll give you guys a second to think that over. Oh. Perfect. <laughs> while, while you guys are, are mulling this over, I'm just going to read out what you what you could have chosen and you missed earlier. Okay. So, uh, in the non-combat pile, the ring of power has started to corrupt the ring bearer. Ooh. So, you guys both chose very dumb ring bearers, so maybe you could kind of, like, talk him out of it. I'm not sure. Uh... Ents have just begun telling a very long story it looks like it could take weeks so a little test of your social skills you know can you can you you know duck yourself out of the story could you get stuck listening to it for weeks i would have just hopped on top of them and used them as a taxi wait right, but they're telling a story they're not they're not it's a little rude steve oh so they're not moving and telling the story Yeah, they're, they're in a campfire telling the and story yeah. and oh, also okay. very rude thank you austin <laughs> uh another one you tried Gandalf's special pipe stash, and now you're hallucinating. Ooh, could have been tricky for you guys, That's especially uh, think... a group that might be predisposed to like doing drugs or something, like the Hangover people. Some criminal activities. And uh, state you're in. So the combat, you guys both chose a combat choice. You you didn't pick attack from Smaug. Yeah, the that dragon would been, that would have been rough. And or Benedict Cumberbatch. So <laughs> I don't know. It both depends. The same time. Yeah, it depends. One. I don't know which is more terrifying. <laughs> exactly so uh steve what did you choose i picked ring race have found you roll a dice to see how many you have to fight all right in, in classic uh who would win fashion i forgot to get a dice <laughs> so i'm gonna use an online program called roll a die okay steve you rolled a five i rolled a five i'm sorry that's all right that's what, that's what considering it there's nine in the film that's that's not bad I'll yeah t- I'll i felt take... like one to six was a fair amount like nine would just be too many i'll take five of them okay Going against the ring race here. All right. So I'm arguing that they have their weapons that they acquired and Brie. What weapons A- did acquired you... Acquired? Acquired. Or cheated. Good man. Well, they fine. played games. They did games of chance and happened to win. Like, let's not, you know, harp on the how they, the ethicalness how they of gambling. Games. Yes. Steve, what weapons did you choose? I'm curious. Uh, swords, primarily. Swords, okay. Yes. Have you chosen any long range okay. weapons? Um, Not really. No. Okay. No, I'm, I'm sticking with swords. Okay. Okay. All right, so I'm going to argue that they are going to use those swords and they're going to fight. Bradley Cooper is uh, very well muscular. He's very uh, muscular. He's very toned. <laughs> he's toned. Yeah, he's toned. Okay, I think that he would have the ability to use said sword and um, at least hold off the ring rates. Uh, Alan, he kind of has this like inner anger, and if like push comes to shove, and he just gets really angry, like I think he'll also fight as well. One very important tactic I'm going to use for the Wolfpack, though, is not fight but flight. They're going to just run away as fast as they possibly can. Okay. And how fast would that be? The average human running <laughs> speed? <laughs> Probably a little more than that. Uh, one thing I also want to bring up with is that, uh, say, um, the ring that they they do get like injured in some sense, the Fellowship of the Wolfpack has experienced. Tons and tons of damage over the course of their films, and they can put up with a lot. Just some things uh, to to put out here. Uh, Doug has gotten severe sunburn. He also has received um, sexual activities through his anus. Uh, what 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 what? Sorry, I yes. zoned out for a second. <laughs> that one made Chris pay attention. <laughs> Can you catch me back up real quick on that? I'm saying that the Wolfpack has experienced a lot of hardships through uh, their, their time. Got it. And okay. I'm going and, I, and I'm just breaking down some Enough of the said. things that they've experienced, which which proves that they are able to um, take some damage. All right. Do I have to censor the word anus when I edit this? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Yes. Uh, Alan Gardner. Actually... What, if, what if you had said butthole? Would I have to censor that? No. What about asshole? <laughs> Maybe. All right. I'll bleep that. <laughs> okay. Um, Alan Gardner actually had a knife wound. What if I said, what if you said poop shoot? (laughs) What if you said, what if you said rear? No, rear's fine. That's fine. Poop shoot? I think rear's pretty unacceptable. Yeah. (laughs) All right, I'm going to re-edit this and just make it look like you said the word behind. Okay. The most (laughs) family-friendly version of butt. All right. All right. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to edit any of it. (laughs) All right. Alan Gardner, he has experienced a knife wound in... The Hangover films, which is something that Frodo also experiences in the films. And Alan is able to survive. He was also tased in the face and in the neck, had a crowbar to the face, had a car door smack him in the face, had a punch in the face from Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson can punch, doing my research here, 1,178 foot per pound. In the face. Mm-hmm. That's what he's taking. Okay? He also makes a great 4th of July barbecue against Nick Swanson. Was that Mike? We didn't do Mike Tyson. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, no, we did. We yeah, did we, yeah we, no, the, we, did we did the... Um, we did George Freeman. The George Freeman grill. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tying that in, though. I appreciate that plug. Man, what a great episode, though, right? right. I mean, Alan, God, <laughs> if you haven't heard that one... Alan also had a sledgehammer on his foot... Dr. Stu Price, he lost his tooth, he was tased in the neck, had a crowbar in the stomach, and also had sexual activities through his anus. So what happens after Behind. all these things? They survive. In, yes, but don't they like go down for a bit when they're tased? Don't they collapse on tables, on the ground, in front of children? Um, Alan actually has to get tased, uh, I believe... Three times to get him to stop. I think twice. Once in the face, and then he gets tased oh, in the neck because next. he wasn't stopping. Because the no. first time wasn't just one wasn't enough. Them. It's just showing how much he can endure. I think you're okay. losing some of your party members in this confrontation. I don't I, think so. I have another concern. You're giving a lot of examples of how much pain they can take. So is your argument that the ringwraiths are just going to basically like destroy them and hurt them no. so much, but they're going to be able to survive? No, I'm just saying that if they do. Experience any damage is going to be damage that they're going to be able to put up with because they have experienced so much damage in their past. Okay, you're okay. basically arguing they're pain sponges that they have high, that they have high pain tolerance, and you which want I think them is very important. Away, that, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to be up front here. They don't have a fighting scene in their film where they fight like 15 other people. <laughs> so that was an uphill battle at the start. So. I mean, look at Frodo and Sam. Sometimes they wouldn't fight. They would just run away. Look when uh Mary and Pippin were taken by the Orcs. They didn't stay and fight. They just said, We need to get out of here because they have a job to do, which is what the wolf pack has. Their job is not to sit and fight the ring race, it is to get the ring to Mount Doom. If they're lucky, I think some of them would survive. It's not like the ring wraiths are messing around. They're like there to kill them, right? And they're on horses, they have swords, they have decades if not centuries of skills yeah a long time in In, killing people in his defense though these are the same ring race from the lord of the rings we're talking about they they do get sidetracked a little bit sometimes things happen sometimes you know a river washes them away sometimes they've kind of focused on like attacking the riders of rohan and kind of Miss the ring bearer, so they can, you know? and they can also sense the ring. But I don't think it's like they have if, like a GPS compass. If, right? If, if, he's if he's wearing, puts, it, if he puts it on, they will sense. Exactly. It. They're busy guys. You know? Yeah, they yeah they, they have, a, big they have a lot on their. On there. They do have a lot. They to have, have their a lot weight. on the plate. And I don't think that Alan is going to be the one to put the ring on his finger. He knows that he carries a burden, and he knows that he's he's not going to play around with it. He he often makes mistakes though in the movies. Sometimes so. he does. I agree with that. But like I said earlier, doesn't like when, he accidentally shoot someone? Does that happen at the end? He gets the they're in the car. He gets the gun out of the glove box and the shoots. fact that we're confused about whether or not this <laughs> happens it, it says might, a lot about his character. It might sound like something he would do, but I, I don't think that he accidentally shoots anybody. Would you leave your child with him? Oh, you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of uh, due date with, <laughs> with Robert, Robert Downey Jr. Jr. <laughs> Sorry, he's a very similar. He plays a very similar characters all the time. Um, but, but I just want to make sure that I'm hitting the point here that I'm taking their skills with... in running take, away. With taking care of a child and applying that with taking care of exactly. the ring. Running okay? away and getting beat up. We You have established. They're very good at it. All right, But the key point is survival. That's what the key point is. Survival. I, understand. And accompli- I understand. And accomplishing their mission. In the interest of time, we have to move on to sure. Austin's, uh, Austin's uh, combat challenge here. Go for it. What have you chosen, Austin? I have Shelob Attacks. So uh, for for the non Lord of the Rings fans and non fans of just fantasy in general, Shelob is the giant spider that uh, they they end up encountering at one point that Frodo actually gets gets captured by and he gets um, stung. He gets With like he gets like a, stung and paralyzed, paralyzed and then captured. Yes. So, so Sam has to save him. Yes. So so it's a it's a you know a pretty a pretty tough foe to be up against. So in Lord of the Rings, does Gandalf not use eagles sometimes <laughs> when? convenient to uh, to help them out to carry them away from danger at points true so i'm not going to use eagles but i am going to use a different animal familiar now ron burgundy's best friend in the entire movie is his dog now his dog disappears for some time but then in the end of the movie he comes back when they're facing a polar bear <laughs> and what does his dog do was it a polar bear i thought it was just a regular bear I thought it was a polar bear. All right, sure. It was some kind well, of bear, bear. Some form of bear. That's okay. good. Just enough. as Shelob is some form of spider. Now <laughs> Baxter the dog talks to Shelob and tells her, "Hey, don't harm these guys. They're pretty good. They have a discourse, right?" Just as Baxter talked to the polar bear and got the polar bear to leave, uh, leave uh, Ronberg and me alone. So I think he's going to be able to open up a dialogue, sit each other down, and have a civil discussion. Now, I noticed this was a combat, <laughs> and I've argued about uh, discourse, but the pen is mightier than the sword. Yeah, I'll, I'll allow that. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, so do you do you want to present any evidence from canon that Baxter can speak to a spider? I think if he can speak to a bear, which is like not related to a dog, besides being a mammal. He could probably work out some sort of language with uh, Shelob. But that's, that's not a, a creature that exists in his universe. So if I recall correctly, wasn't there some history, that some reason that Baxter could speak bear? Didn't he at one point meet another bear? Didn't he actually tell the bear that he knew a, another bear to, like, kind of earn the bear's trust? Is that correct? I do not So, so I've already mixed not, this sorry. movie up with another. <laughs> I know I've already mixed up another movie with this. So I think I, that's due date. I'm not going to predict. Yeah, it could very well be. I could be thinking of Homeward Bound. I don't know. Well, hey, Baxter hasn't been here the whole time. Maybe he's been talking to spiders, he's been learning the lore of the land. I think there's only so one shield. Our, our listeners are very savvy, so they're probably going to know a lot about the Hankerman Baxter history. So, yes. if you're wrong, they're probably going to know. So, I'm just. just we'll we'll get feedback about yeah. it. What don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, I think he, Baxter is a suave dog, and he would be able to work something out with Sheila. I don't think Sheila would be willing to speak, though. What What leads you to believe that? The fact that she just goes after her prey, yeah, it's, it's, after it's, her it's, food. It's... But she's been alone for so long. She's hungry. She's she wants to talk gonna, to people. She's, she's hungry. She's for sp- friendship. <laughs> Yo, sure. She's going to see Baxter, and she's just going to say, "I don't care. I am hungry." And then he's going to I'm say, gonna wait a moment. Where the, po- where the polar bear is like, I need a new place to live because the ice caps are melting. So I'm going to talk to this dog and see what can, what can happen here. Well, that's why the he polar bear was there. in a zoo, so the ice caps didn't really matter. That's why he's in the zoo. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> hey, like I said, I could also play jazz flute. Ron Burgundy, I think. That's a good distraction. You think and so? Ron Burgundy would sacrifice his life. So that we're, the losing, other three, we're losing Ron Burgundy? If, we're losing your ring bearer. If, no, he's not. He's not the ring pair. Wasn't Rick he? is the ring Oh, pair. that's right. I apologize. If need be, Ron Burgundy would sacrifice his life so the rest of the, uh, the news team could go forward with their duty. Because as you know, Frodo and Sam were there most of the time. There was only three of them, Frodo, Sam, and uh, Gollum. Mm-hmm. He didn't have all four. Right. And so they don't need all four. They don't need Ron totally. But you know what? His sacrifice will be remembered forever. Just a quick fact check. They are not polar bears. Oh, they are shoot. they are some type <laughs> of brown bear and or grizzly bear. Okay. And the scene I was referring to is when Baxter introduces himself to the bear in the zoo. He makes reference that he has met another bear. Okay. And he met that bear after he was punched off the bridge by Jack Black and traveling back. He met another bear that happens to be this bear's cousin. Okay. So, so he has experience with bears then and that's why he's able to communicate. Well, I mean, in fairness, he... That wasn't that long ago, so he must have known how to speak bear or figured it out quickly. So I'm going to have to take Austin's side that if he was able to communicate with a bear, there's not really any reason to believe he couldn't communicate with a spider. All animals speak or a one fictional spider. language. Love. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, how are we on time? Do we want to do one more? Uh, well, I already read them all. Oh, okay, <laughs> oh, that's fine. And we're we're pretty good on time. If you guys want to give any closing remarks. Or we can go right, right to so, fun facts. All right. No, I have, I have some things I really want to bring up. All right. So when it comes, are your guys going to do any fighting? Like, No, they can if they need to. As long as they're not getting touched in the hair or the face. Like, don't you think mm-hmm. that's going to be a big priority with them when they're trying to get, defend themselves from orcs or trolls? They're going to be like, oh, no, please, please, sir, please don't touch yeah, my hair. And you know how they'll stop them from touching their hair? By killing them. By killing them. But this is the thing, though. Like, they're not going to go up to the orcs and say, you know, uh, you can't touch my hair or You're right. The face. They're not going to do that. Yes, they they're will. They're just like, going to attack they do, they do that at the beginning of every fight. They do it in the first one and they do it in With the second one. With other civilized newscasters. <laughs> they know but they that set... these are not the same people. There's yeah, but... no newscasters in Middle Earth. <laughs> we don't know that. <laughs> but they don't know that, um, like, what their rules are in fighting. So they're going to be like, hey, you know what? I just want to go over the rules of war real quick. Quickly. Uh quick. Also, I want to say that I feel like they're not going to take their quest seriously. Um, the only thing my that, people won't—no, they will not okay. take their quest seriously. Um, the only thing that it seems like drives these people, like Ron Burgundy, like he's very self-gratifying, he's very narcissistic, um, he has a very intense sex drive, which keeps him going. There, how, There's ways you can take how, care of that how, On how, the lonely road So it seems like they're taking time From their journey To engage in coitus With the locals Which is I feel like something that Champ would only be thinking about Because he was fired from the NFL For sexual harassment So And also um, Brian Fantana He's very sleazy around women He's clueless they're how to show woo them stick picks, yes. I feel like that's all they're going to care about If they walk into Rivendell And they see a female elf they're just going to be completely um, fallen in love by them. So you're saying their judgment's kind of clouded by fame. Yeah. Oh, you know what would make them the most <laughs> famous people in all Middle Earth? If they got rid of the ring. Okay, yes. Yeah. No one would be more famous than them. They'd get so but, many women to fall gonna, in love with but them. But they're going to get so distracted on their journey. No, they'll keep going forward. They will think. By trying to find you women know what? along the way. Yeah, but they don't go for the short-term plan. We know that Ron Burgundy was going to get married. That's a long-term move. He's funny. able to make these decisions. Okay. And you know what? People don't go lightly into marriage, Steve. I'm well aware of that fact. <laughs> Thanks, Austin. <laughs> uh, one other thing I want to say, like I said, is that you your you guys won't be taking their, their quest seriously. My guys do take situations like this seriously. When they knew what they had to do, they had to find Doug. In the second one, they had to find Stu's step- or, um, brother-in-law. In the third one, they had to find Doug When they again. keep making the same mistakes right. over and over. They don't make the same mistake in the third one. <laughs> <laughs> like I said. But when, when push comes to shove and they have a job they have to do, they do what they need to do in order to accomplish their goal. And if they were given the ring of power, they would stay focused and do whatever they had to do in order to accomplish that goal. Okay. Well said Steve, but my, <laughs> my closing argument they have survival skills. We know this. They have a weatherman, he can like figure out what the weather's gonna be like. How he doesn't have any technology, that's, he doesn't need That's, that's that. a dubious claim. Yes, you do. I don't know if it was established that Brick could sense the weather. Then, then I'm a weatherman, I can just walk outside. <laughs> it's sunny today, everybody. All right, let's let uh, him go. I'll give let that, let that let him one up. They have survival skills. Besides that, we talked about the squirrel <laughs> and uh, <laughs> combat skills. They're friends with one another Close friends, I'd say Not just, like, because they have to take care of a baby Whatever No, these, these guys are friends, too mm-hmm. Alan is, like, the one, like, kind of outcast But the, the core three are very, very close with each other And like I said, at the end of their journey They become super close Oof. All right, all right. If that's how you read the film, I can't can't argue with that. You know, he is is studying film, Steve, so it's hard to argue with him. My my thesis is on The Hangover. Yeah. How how terrible. Brothership and The Hangover. Actually, this is my thesis. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't pay attention to the panel of professors behind us. Um, They just gave you a thumbs up. Oh, thank you. Uh,. Yes. So they'll walk very briskly at their three times the <laughs> average person. Base. Due to continuity errors. Uh, that's about it. Just, you know, generally being able to take care of themselves, uh, combat skills, friendship, wanting fame and searching for it by destroying the ring. But that's not why Frodo was going for it. Frodo that's wasn't. not why Frodo. Who cares? Frodo's not in this fight. Right. But we're saying, though, the journey that he took and what he was doing. He yeah, did the, the he didn't journey, the path. But he didn't do it for fame, which I feel like is very, very important freedom. here. What's Brick's that? not doing it for fame. Brick's Brick doesn't even it. know what he's doing. <laughs> Brick is doing it because he's just which going for a walk. Perfect. He thinks he's just going for a walk. Yeah, a brisk shortcut <laughs> of a walk. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's what I have to say. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank you guys for your, your excellent arguments. And uh, let's transition to what I like to call the fun facts section of the podcast – do either of you have any fun facts for your movies? I had a couple uh, for The Hangover. I feel like some of these people might know, but I still think that they're really cool fun facts. That's the best kind of fun facts. They're really cool <laughs> <Yeah>. ones. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you knew this or not, but Ed Helms, remember how in the movie he has his tooth taken out? Yes. Uh, he actually is missing that tooth in real life. And he had a, uh, a fake tooth there, and his dentist told him not to take it out for the film, and he didn't listen to him. And he took it out. And if you watch like The Office, if you're a fan of that, and you see him smile, you can like kind of clearly see that that one of the teeth that he has there. That's a little bit ironic, considering fake. he played a dentist who ignored the advice of a dentist. I know it's funny. Hmm. Interesting. Um, remember the uh, the stripper slash escort in the first one, played by Heather Graham? It's uh, Carlos's real mom. I don't know if you remember that or not. That's where they found the baby. Yeah, uh <laughs> No, no, it, it's, it's her baby. It's her baby. Right yes um they found that she brought the baby to the hotel room because i think she couldn't find a sitter yes Yes. anyway uh it was she was played by heather graham who was also in austin powers the second one the spy who shagged me i don't know if anybody was a fan of austin powers um that was originally offered to Lindsay lohan that part and Lindsay lohan said that she didn't want to do it because she thought that it would have no potential as a film and she says that she regrets turning that down uh, to this day Lindsay lohan is well known for her judgment so yeah she doesn't really <laughs> have it's a surprising a miss for her yes um nothing else i can really think of right the only now. thing i was able to find what that uh was that ron burgundy was on a rowing team and he was a coxswain ron burgundy the character or will ferrell ron burgundy ron burgundy yeah. is that set up in the one of the movies that he was a coxswain on a rowing team or is that like in a random background of the movie Yes. All right. Thank you. <laughs> so that's some good trivia for, for someone who has experience with rowing. Was he like just really tiny? Because to Generally, be a coxswain, you have yeah. to be really, really tiny. Generally, that's a smaller part. You don't and, want to add too much weight to the boat, right? And I mean, Will Ferrell is really good. Well, it doesn't matter. Maybe you can the... be a phenomenal caller, and they're not going to put you in the <laughs> he coxswain seat. That scene. good. Maybe the character, the character Ron Burgundy, was written as a smaller character, and they just cast Will Ferrell as the character to play a smaller person. It's possible. It's possible. It's maybe very he like just all the booze he's been drinking has really added <laughs> on pounds. That's true. It has been a while since college like so maybe if that was like an old old gig for him. His head of hair probably weighs quite a lot too. That's a lot yeah. of hair and, and the mustache. I would assume he travels with the flute at all times. Oh, he so does. So that's going to weigh oh, him absolutely. down. Absolutely. Yep. So um actually there are so many facts about Lord of the Rings like I could basically tell you guys Lord of the Rings fact for hours. Like three facts, right? There's hundreds. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna randomly choose some. So uh, it's so a lot of these are are really commonly known, like the fact that Sir Christopher Lee, who played Saruman, like read the books once a year. Yeah, he, he was the only one who who met uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. Um Viggo Mortensen did all his own stunts, and he insists on using a real steel sword. Like and he wasn't originally cast, I believe, as Aragorn. Um, I do not get to that fact. I mean, that's probably way down there. Yeah. So he also chipped a tooth in a scene, which is funny because Ed Helms also has that tooth. And Vigo Mortensen was just like, just glue it back on, I'll finish the scene. <laughs> and Peter Jackson was like, we should go to the dentist. So they went on his lunch break and got it fixed. And um, so another, another commonly known fact is Sean Bean doesn't like flying. So a lot of the locations they had to fly by helicopter to, Sean Bean would only fly when absolutely necessary. Otherwise, he would walk. So he was often like, Climbing up, a, he'd have to leave like two hours before a scene to climb a mountain to the location. Wow! And the rest of the cast could like watch him from their helicopter. Ride. I didn't know he didn't like flying. So, so you mentioned Vig- Viggo Mortensen might not have been the original choice. I don't see that, but he did join the film after it started shooting. I think... So he had never met Peter Jackson, never read Lord of the Rings. His 11 year old son was like, "Hey, you should, you should be it. You should play Aragorn. That'd be cool." So he's like, "All right, I'll do it." And he got really into the role. He um, he was so good. He was great. So the 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 instructor, the, um, I guess, like, fight choreographer or sword sword instructor that he was one of the best swordsmen he ever trained. Also, Vigo Mortensen insisted on speaking more of his lines in Elvish because I guess he thought that would fit the character. Um, it was originally supposed to be Stuart Towdson. Who's that? Um, the only thing you're going to know him in is he played Dorian Gray in The oh. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, Vigo seems way better. Way better uh, absolutely. Uh, he really hasn't been in anything else yeah, *League of Extraordinary Gentlemen* is the only thing. I do, really do you there. guys want to guess who the tallest actor is of the Fellowship? I know this. It is. Oh, I know Remanda this too. Plays Gimli. Yeah, the guy who plays Gimli. John yeah. Rhys Davies. Yeah, he's six foot one. And yeah, he's playing a dwarf. And those were all just Fellowship of the Ring facts. <laughs> that was more than three. I well, I never said three. You said three. I said, three. <laughs> I said there were hundreds. <laughs> Quite a lot. I'm trying to pare it down to just hit the highlights. Uh, funny fact about *To the Two Towers*. They, so the, the Uruk high, the orcs. Like the orcs on steroids. Exactly. Yeah. So most of them were tall, right? So they were trying to pick actors that were over six feet tall. Yeah. They couldn't find enough over six foot actors. Uh-oh. So they affectionately called the shorter actors the Uruk low. Oh. I don't know if they said them to their faces, but that's what, that's what IMDb says. Also, John Reese davies you may previously know as the tallest member of the fellowship. Was he one of them? He also he voiced Treebeard. Yes. Yeah. So, that's a hey, cool little thing. plug for a previous episode Groot versus Treebeard. <laughs> that's just not a really good name, don't you think? How would you like to be like Dreamin' Eye Lash? <laughs> <laughs> um, other little facts Peter Jackson is arachnophobic, and he based Shelob on what he thought was the scariest type of spider. Oh, ah, that's cool. So, if you're afraid it looks of, like terror. I was always scared of yeah, that. Yeah, if scene. you're afraid of Shelob, so is Peter Jackson. Yeah. Now, Shelob is in the Two Towers book but she's not until the Return of the King movie, her part. Thanks for that, nerd. All right, anyway, <laughs> uh, John Reese well, davies <laughs> suffered constant rashes from his makeup as Gimli. That beard. Um, according to IMDb, a normal movie averages about 200 visual effects shots. The, the Return of the King had 1,488. Jeez. I mean, you think of the Battle of um, Minas Tirith, and Pelennor Fields. I mean, that was just insane. With like the giant elephants coming through, and all the armies charging each other, and the ghosts, the um, the dead men that owed the the, the debt. Yeah, so, so much, many shots, so much, so many. Shots. My my last fact. Um, even though there's so many, and if you like Lord of the Rings, just like read keep, them. Keep, keep looking. Just, them you up. can just look them up. Um, the horses that were used in the movie were auctioned at the end. Viggo Mortensen bought two. Nice, and uh, he bought the one he rode, and he bought the one from Liv Tyler's riding double. I don't mm. know why. Must maybe that was his favorite I mean, horse. Was the way it looked, looked, yeah, that was the horse he bought. So those are my Lord of the Rings facts for you. I have one more that I want to do for the Hangover. Ooh, uh, I'm sorry, we already passed the Hangover section. I'm bringing the... it back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bring <but laughs> it back. I'm the moderator, so I kind of <laughs> okay. Were, well, all there right, were fine. three movies. <laughs> I feel like he's yeah, but that shot. this was my like this is all I have this episode, so. All fine. I'll allow it. Go ahead. Uh, During filming in Las Vegas, one of the Mercedes uh, that they were using for the film was stolen from the parking lot that the vehicles were being kept. And the next day, the production was filming driving sequences and they were backing up traffic. And uh, a production guy noticed the missing Mercedes stuck in traffic and called the cops and said that that is the Mercedes that was stolen from the lot. So the filming ended up causing the traffic backup which caused that man who stole the mercedes to get stuck in that traffic and then he got caught he was arrested and the car was recovered and it was also the highest r-rated comedy in the united states until deadpool came out wow what a great fact (laughs) did i say grossing or rated i forget i think i meant grossing if i didn't say grossing okay it's really interesting (laughs) yeah sorry fun fact section all right anything else you want to add before we head out of here I think that is all I have. Awesome. Well, Chris, thanks so much for being the phenomenal moderator today. A little different shakeup with three people. We haven't done this in a while. I like being the moderator. You're a good moderator, Chris. I just found, I just found one more fact about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, the three movies were filmed simultaneously. You didn't know that? I did. I just wanted to uh, have the last <laughs> fact. Say. Yeah. Unless you guys have any more. So when he said he found it, you found it. You found inside it inside of in, yourself. You found it inside of himself. Yes. Yep. All right, so uh, thank you so much to Eric211 for suggesting uh, this scenario that we were able to tweak a little bit to accommodate our uh, areas of expertise. Uh, Remember, there will be a Twitter poll where you can vote for who you think would win in delivering the One Ring to Mordor, the team from Action 4 News from The Hangover, or the Wolfpack, or not from The Hangover, from Anchorman, (laughs) or the Wolfpack from The Hangover Films um awesome thank you so much for being on the show today glad to be here it was a, it was an honor to have you on the show especially as a fan when you go but you leave for college for your senior year ne- uh, what monday yeah next when, when that when this episode airs so good luck your senior year yeah and if, if you have trouble finding a job after college and we're still going look us up you know we could use another if. uh and it pays nothing another so, well maybe uh, in a year we'll have a little bit more budget who knows maybe that'd be nice yeah thank you guys for helping me uh do my thesis you're welcome. You're welcome. If you need a letter of recommendation we or thumb, anything. We got three thumbs up from the professors in the back of the room. So. Yep. It's and the, uh, the German good. professor, thumbs down. Sorry. <sighs> but I, that they're happens. They're the toughest. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're tough. Especially yeah. with film. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. So please remember, as always, to subscribe, follow, and rate. And please continue to participate in our show. For the Who Would Win cast, this has been Steve. And this has been Chris. And this has been Austin. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. And we'll never, ever, 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 ever leave each other. We're the best three friends that anybody could have. I mean the three best friends. The Who Would Win cast is not endorsed by any film or television production companies and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Any and all audio clips are not owned by the Who Would Win cast and all rights are reserved by the respective copyright holders.